Welcome to the Way to Wellbeing podcast, where we explore a structured approach to well-being through the cultivation of mindfulness. This is Matthew Aldridge, and I'm a mindfulness student. And this is Barbara Newell. I'm a mindfulness teacher. Today, we wanted to talk a bit about the process of becoming more mindful and some of the things that you might note. And I wanted to give you a couple examples. Um, so recently, a friend of mine actually listened to our podcast. It was the one um, talking about quieting the mind by quieting the body. And in that podcast, we had actually done a guided meditation that was the body scan. And he listened to the podcast when he was on a run. One of the things that he noticed was that he wasn't performing that well and in his mind and that his muscles were hurting. Apparently he hadn't run in several days and so it was a bit challenging, but all of a sudden he was much more um, aware and awake to what's going on in his body. And he was like, man, that was, it was just a very different experience. And I, um, my immediate response to him was, I was like, that's mindfulness. You're actually aware of what's going on. Cause very often, maybe in previous cases, he would just ignore those signals that were coming from his body. Another thing, and this is more of a personal experience is that as I practice more and more meditation, one of the things uh, that I noted, and Barbara, I actually brought this up with you, was that I noticed my mind was racing, and it just seemed like it was racing more than before I had started mindfulness practice. And I remember your response was, that's pretty normal, mm-hmm. because you're just aware that your mind is racing, whereas it's been doing that all the time, but now you're just mindful or aware or awake to it. So with that, Barbara, I wanted to get your perspective uh, on kind of this process of awakening. And very often, sometimes what people experience are more troubling, I guess, uh, aspects of that. Mm. This is really, this is so common. And, and I would almost say, um, an inevitable part of that process of becoming more mindful. Often, maybe we get a really nice little bit of relief. And pretty quickly, then we start to become more aware of, as you say, Matthew, things that we very subtly, habitually tend to kind of push, push away, push out of our consciousness. And as we start to cultivate this this practice of being willing and being more open to our experience, sometimes it can seem like, wow, uh, you know, yeah, my mind is racing all the time. My mind is a monkey jumping from branch to branch. And I had, I I have a very vivid memory of my own experience of that, um, you know, just spending many, many, many minutes on a cushion arguing with somebody in my head and then being horrified at how much time I was spending arguing with someone in my head until... Until I got it that it that as you said that that this is something that I probably was doing in the back of my mind all day long, and it was only when I made that space to be present for what my mind was doing that I was really aware mm. um, and the good news is that then then I could um, engage it and 
make choices about what I thought about, be have some choice about where where I put my mind. And so when, when these things happen, this too is something for us to be mindful of. So for example, if we are running and with mindfulness, we start to become aware of pain, mm-hmm. more aware than we normally are. And then the thought comes, the, the thought or an emotion, an emotion of maybe alarm or um, some kind of aversion to that feeling of pain and then the mind is saying, I don't want to feel that. Um, you know, I just want to tune out from my body. And these things as well can be things that we bring mindfulness to, mindfulness to that that uh, don't like, you know, that disliking, mindfulness to the mind, um, judging ourselves for not running well, that we, you know, we shouldn't have waited so many days, um, you know, is this going to be a really unpleasant run for the next however many minutes? And these two, we can just bring that mindfulness to those things. And it's also true. So it's good to know what our body is doing, what our mind is doing, and what our emotions are doing. And it's also good to remember the other things that are also happening that are pleasant or that are neutral we can have this very subtle unconscious, as it's called the negativity bias, mm-hmm. where the mind just tends to focus on what's wrong, what's problematic. And so part of this practice is, yes, to be aware of what's unpleasant. And by the way, that may help us not get injured through our running because we're aware of where something may be painful day after day mm-hmm. before we catch it, before it gets a real problem. Mm-hmm. And we can also remember to then be aware of, well, what else is happening that, uh, that I can be aware of? Because, uh, yeah, maybe there's pain in my calves, but my lungs are feeling great. Um, or I can just be happy that I have calves that can run. So th- there is some discomfort in them. There's a little bit of pain if there's something I can do to adjust my um, you know, my positioning or my pace or uh, whatever it is, the surface that I'm running on, those are, those are good adjustments to make. And I can also notice, yeah, but you know what? These calves are getting stronger. Um, this, is, this is a tolerable discomfort that's part of becoming more fit and more healthy. And they are capable. They're doing a great job, even if, you know, they're having an unpleasant feeling. Mm. And Many other things are going on in the body. The heart is pumping well. Um, you know, just being aware. The the air is good. We're breathing in fresh air. If there's sunshine, the trees, the animals. So there's many other things that we can remember to be aware of. And so mindfulness, as my teacher Thich Nhat Hanh would always emphasize, mindfulness is always mindfulness of something. Mm-hmm. So when we do our... Our basic practice with our anchor, if, if our anchor is our breathing, we're practicing mindfulness of breathing, and we're doing that to develop our skill of being present to something, a mm-hmm. body sensation, and also we're cultivating concentration of saying, of sustaining that presence with it. Um, when, we, when we drink a cup of tea, we can practice mindfulness of drinking. So mm-hmm. we may not put all our attention on our breath, but we're mindful of the temperature of the liquid and how it feels going down our throat and maybe even all the way into our stomach. 
when we're with a friend, we can just have, you know, mindfulness of connection, mindfulness of, um, of togetherness, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So, so we can choose. Sometimes it is a good idea to have mindfulness of the discomfort, of the unpleasant, of, of whatever is um, unpleasant. And um, having done that and, and, and taken in that information and done what we can to, to address the situation, we also want to cultivate mindfulness of the pleasant and the neutral. Mm. Why do you think it is that we have this emphasis on the negatives? Is, do you think this is a cultural component or is it more of just the survival kind of um, orientation of our species? Yeah. So um, as we touched on earlier in the podcast series, um, we do have, uh, to some extent, an evolutionary hardwiring to be vigilant about what's, what's, what's wrong, what's a possible threat, and to often very high degrees of sensitivity. You know, pain is a very sometimes quite advanced, far in advance signal uh, that, you know, injury may be coming. And so we need to do a course correction or um, anger may be a signal that something needs to be addressed and changed um, or else we might not be okay. Um, mm. And so that can become this kind of negativity bias or a negative scanner where we're just continually scanning every situation for what's wrong and what we need to change or improve or correct or fix. Mm-hmm. And um, when in, this, in, in situations where most of us are not actually in imminent threat of harm, that can actually become counterproductive to our health. Rather than promoting our survival, it can actually contribute to anxiety and even to physiological conditions. And it can become very subtle. So where we, as in this example of the running, or I've heard this in many of our other situations or my own situation on the cushion with arguing with someone in my head, um, we can start, as we become more mindful, that subtle negativity bias is, is kind of mixed in there. And so we, come, we, we become so mindful of all the things that we're doing wrong or that we... Yeah, Mindful that we're not being mindful, which that is mindfulness, actually. When <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. aware that we weren't present, that is a moment of mindfulness. As we've said, when we turn and r- wake up again, we have a chance to restart. And also to be mindful of our tendency that when we look at any, when we're in any situation and we start to call upon mindfulness, upon presence, that there is that kind of tending, tending toward and noting what's not right. Mm-hmm. And so to be aware of that tendency and to come back and say, okay, well, what's actually positive? What's healthy? What's what's neutral? And Got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, from a personal experience, I think a lot of it's habitual in the environment you grow up in and kind of your disposition that develops as a result of that. And one of the things I noticed is as I became more mindful is I would notice the negative predisposition, that negative bias, but then it was the fact of becoming mindful of it and then saying, wait, 
that isn't all that exists here. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's, yeah, there's some negative, but there's positives. There's things that are just okay. Mm-hmm. And it's very much be- opening your eyes to the whole realm of experience. Yeah. And because we do have that negative bias, and even culturally, um, I mean, even my own mother, I was telling you this, Matthew, one time I remember saying to her, she's she's no longer uh, living, but I remember saying to her one time, you know, it, it seems like you really kind of prefer to talk about things that are uh, what's going wrong. And she just kind of looked at me and she said, well, that's because it's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, there, you know, if you look at our, our media, our television, oh, and, yeah, then, yeah. and now I'm not even talking about the extreme cases like some of those old comedians, you know, Don Rickles or Rodney Dangerfield, if you've ever seen them, or W.C. Fields, their entire, that's, I think, a whole field of comedy, right, is insult comedy. Mm-hmm. But even the more... Uh, considered <clears throat> what we consider family friendly, you know, wholesome shows like Friends or something. There's still quite a bit of putting each other down and, hmm. um, yeah, mocking each other and so on. And just to be aware that in our culture, there's something about that making you a little bit more cool, or a little bit more smart, um, more kind of on top of the situation. If you can point out, um, you know other people's faults or even your own fault, even self-deprecating, but there's that mm. deprecating, the deprecating tendency. Yeah. And there's this, there can be, of course, we know it can go to the other extreme too, where people are just, you know, in total denial and, and they, it's not okay to be anything but happy. So we can have these positive e- vibes only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and sometimes people will talk about spiritual bypassing where people are using kind of spirituality to not acknowledge the things that are, you know, that sometimes harm is happening or mm-hmm. something isn't right. So now we're talking about really finding that middle way. Right. Um, and so being willing, okay, so if we are, most of us, aware that we have some kind of tendency toward the negative, looking at ourselves through a negative lens or, or other people or situations through a an anxious lens, like it's not going to be okay, I better really... Um, be really, you know, watch out and um, not make any mistakes. So in that case, it is skillful to consciously, intentionally practice mindfulness of positive things, of Mm. these practices like loving kindness, of compassion, of intentionally remembering, yeah, all the things, all the ways in which we are quite fortunate and quite healthy. These are often will fall into the category of gratitude practice. That's Mm. a very legitimate practice for bringing some balance into our perspective when we do have that leaning in towards the negative view of things. But I don't think you're saying, you know, be positive all the time and positive thinking is is the way. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would also say that um, I think a really important principle in this whole practice is that one person's poison is another person's medicine and vice versa. So really we need to get to know our own being and Mm -hmm. notice how our mind is and how we feel when we direct our mind to certain things. For example, when we watch a certain TV series, how do we feel? This is, we talked about this also with the use of substances. So 
just noticing, oh, when I remember this myself, I remember so clearly I went to see, um, this was an old, yeah, movie with a, a comic. It was like a kind of stand-up comic feature-length film. And I came out, and I just remember talking to the person, you know, that I went to the movie with, and I had this kind of aggressive swagger in my talking, and it was because I had just consumed all of that attitude for an hour and a half in the movie theater. Mm. So, um, yeah, so noticing how we feel when we are consuming different things and how we feel when we are thinking about certain things, mm-hmm. what what kind of effect that produces in our body and our feelings. And so um, if we are, as you just said, and as I also mentioned, um, yeah, just like happy, 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 everything's fine. <laughs> and someone tries to say something about a difficulty that they're having and we just say, oh, you'll be all right. You know, I mean. Dismiss it, yeah. Yeah, so I think if we start to sense in, we'll start to notice, yeah, that maybe our relationships aren't that deep when we have that kind of attitude. Or maybe in our own body, there's actually tension when we're having that kind of response. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to acknowledge that painful feeling in the other person or even in myself. I'm just, I want to be happy. Avoid it, yeah. Um, And so likewise, if we, if we notice that we do have the tendency to just really dwell on the negative that's happening in the moment or the negative thing that's around the corner and then we won't be able to handle it. Again, um, we want to make an adjustment and more kind of, it's, it's really just like muscles of the body. If we're always using the muscle that says, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, then we need to bring some intentionality to mm-hmm. practicing mindfulness of what is not wrong. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, and I think the important point here, though, is not to make it out that everything's positive. It's it's like the middle way of choosing. And the way I, I like to describe it is it, people ask, are you a pessimist or an optimist? And I'm like, I'm a realist. Yeah. Um, it, it really is looking at reality. Yeah. And reality is filled with positives, negatives, and just right there in the middle, neutral. And I, I mean, it's it's also the kind of the same attitude I, when people talk about good and bad. And I'm like, well, oh, this is a really hard judgment call there. There's there's no black and white. There's a lot of grays in life. Yeah. And I would say, too, that I mean, really taking in soaking in the happy experiences again, because so many of us do have the negativity bias. I think that for many of us it's almost harder to really let in the happiness because Mm -hmm. there's that worry about, well, what about tomorrow? It might not be like that. Um, So it it can be beneficial and strengthening and pleasant and joyful and energizing to really soak in the happy things, the the little things that are wonderful in, in this incredible human body, you know, and, and our, simple relationships that bring us connection and joy. So I would be fully present to soak that in and say, yeah, this is really pleasant. Um, and yeah, we know on some level that like everything else, it it is passing. It will pass and the unpleasant similarly. So it's really about relating with those things skillfully. It's almost like when you think of flowers, you know, when you have flowers in a vase, it's almost part of why you love them because you know that they're not going to be there forever. It's mm. important point, and and just like a flower, they're they're the smaller things in life that often bring us the be- the biggest joys. Mm-hmm. And 
that's just something to keep in mind. So I think that's all we have for today. Thank you very much for listening. For more information, go to our website at thewaytowellbeing.com. And for more information on Barbara and how she can help you, go to barbaranewell.com. Thank you very much and be safe during these difficult times. Thank you.